on social media. Um, God's word is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. It helps us see things clearly. <clears throat> in Colossians chapter 1, in, this, in the context here, we're not going to read the whole context, but the context is about how Jesus is the supreme, He's preeminent, He's the creator, by Him are all things created. In Colossians 1, notice verse 18, and I want to put emphasis on the last part of the verse. Colossians 1.18, it says, And He, Jesus, is the head of the body. That is, He is the boss of the church. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. If somebody says, well, I think church ought to be like this. I think church ought to be like that. Well, okay, and ultimately it's whatever the head thinks, it's Jesus. And the, the, the issue is finding out what His head is thinking for us. But He is the head of the church. We aren't to design the church. We are to be, uh, we're not a, a designer church. We're a discover church. Let's discover what Jesus wants it to be. Let's not design what He wants it to be. He's the head of the body. But notice again, verse 18, it says that in all things, <clears throat> in everything, all things, he might have the preeminence. Uh, we want Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to have the preeminence in all things in our life. And he ought to. He deserves to. Why? Because he created all things. The verses before that say that. By him are all things created. By him all things consist. And so when it comes to anything new, new, a new invention, a new thing, that a novelty of uh, the day, whatever it is, we got to think, whatever I... Uh, embrace whatever I employ by means of communication, social media, address style, music, whatever it is. It's like, does Jesus have preeminence in this? Can he say yes or no to this? Can he, can he take this away? Can he add to this? Does Jesus have the preeminence in my life? That's, what, that's why we call him Lord, because he is to be Lord. And so when it comes to social media... It shouldn't be like, well, I come to church and that's my time to just get my brain intellectually stimulated about Jesus Christ and God and think, that's really interesting. And I unplug from church and I go do whatever I want. That's not how it works. If he's to all things to have preeminence. There's in 2, Corinthians, or 2 Timothy 3, it says that there's a day when perilous times will come. And one of those descriptions of those times is that men will have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. In other words, they'll have a religion, but it doesn't have any power in their life. It doesn't tell them what to do. And that's how some people are. They're living a shell of Christianity, but they, or they have an identification with Christianity, but it doesn't have any power on boss, uh, to boss their life around, so to speak. When I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a good way. And that, it, what I'm ultimately saying is, if Jesus is my Savior and He's my Lord, then I should live like it when I leave a church building. That's what I'm saying. And it goes into every area of life, including our media choices and our social media. So we are not against uh, social media. Um, we are whatever God says about something is, is what we accept. And so what we've done is if you have your handout, we, we're not going to be able to go through the whole thing. But there's kind of three main divisions of this study. The, the profit of using social media. Social media is just all over the place. We're different platforms of it, and most of us use it. Well, we need to be honest and say, is there any benefit, is there any profit to it? And then we have. We've discovered that there's some blessings and profit to it. You can communicate well to people, basic information. It's a mean you can communicate the gospel. Um, it's a means where some people run a business. 
Uh, we can run an honest business. Uh, you can use it to communicate to edify people. You can communicate with families, different things like that. There's, there is a profit. But the second point of what we are looking at, we spent a lot of time on, is the pitfalls. There's pitfalls involved in using, in, in exploring our mind and eyes into the world of social media and media and even beyond that. There's several pitfalls. And uh, does anybody remember some of the pitfalls, what they are? All right, anybody remember some pitfalls? You probably do. You're like, I don't want to talk on Wednesday night. My talker doesn't work. Shallow I talk to my... Relationships. Shallow relationships. You know, it's like you can get into where it's like you feel like you have a real relationship. It's just kind of shallow. It's just only based on a, a digital back and forth. And uh, you can uh, cut it off easy. And, you know, okay. Uh, what else is kind of, can be a pitfall? You can treat it like a guy. It becomes first place. Um, that becomes first before God. What else is a, can be a pitfall? Venting an opinion on everything. Venting an opinion on everything. I tell you, I got something to say about this thing. These new type of cornflakes they put out, that's ridiculous, you know. And we, whatever. You know, people can have an opinion about all kinds of stuff. And it becomes an easy platform to become a windbag, <laughs> All right, and so what else? What can be a downfall that we can fall into a trap? Sharoma. Yeah, kind of a self-focus. Self-focus and kind of have your, where it's like, i got to take a picture of me about everything. Look at this Chinese food I ate today. Look at this Starbucks. You know, it's like I'm tired of pictures of Starbucks from your Facebook page. I don't care anymore, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, or you can get just a lot of self, you can be just a very uh, self-focused. What else can be a pitfall? Seeking That's a big one, seeking validation. If somebody does not thumbs up what I just did and I worked on, oh, something wrong. And we find, we're looking for validation and we, it's like if you live by the validation, you'll die by the validation. If you live by the thumbs up, if that's what really boosts your you know, floats your boat and boosts your day in an extraordinary way, then you're going to probably deflate by the, down, by the thumbs down on something. And so we, we're looking for validation uh, from, uh, from these things. Now, again, there's, there's value in knowing what somebody else thinks and getting feedback. There's value in counsel. But ultimately, our validation is in Christ Jesus. When we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we are accepted in the Beloved. And, I'm, and, my, and my worst day, and my, <clears throat> when, when all I can offer God is a bundle of sticks, you know, and, or, or nothing, He still loves me. I'm accepted. And then some other, down, and some other pitfalls is just information overload, distraction, time waste, um, living in isolation, you can become where you just live in isolation all the time and you don't deal with people. Addiction. Um, pornography is a huge pitfall for, for many. Developing an improper relationship. And uh, some other things like that. Oh, unproven, making unproven accusations. So those are some downfalls that we've got to be careful about. But on the back side, the very back of your... This, I put all my notes here, but on the very back of it, we're going to consider principles. What should guide us in using social media? You know, it's nice when you when you're driving up a, you know, you're driving up a mountain pass. I like it when they have some guardrails, right? Don't you like that? Um, I do. I like it, especially when somebody else is driving. It's not me. I want there to be some guardrails, you know. 
Uh, but uh, it's nice having guardrails. It's nice having, you know, look, even if even driving on the street, if you ever get like this in the, um, when it rains real hard, which is very rare around here, when it rains real hard, you're like, where are the lines? Where are the lines, you know? Um, or there's some places where maybe somebody's parking lot just hasn't been, it's been, hasn't been maintained and, and you, they don't, you don't know the lines, the arrows or the parking spot. Like where, I want my, I want to know my boundaries. Don't you like that? You want to know your boundaries. When you're driving and it's raining hard, you still want to know where's the lane? Am I going against traffic now? Am I in the bike lane? You know what? You want to know your boundaries. Everything in life needs boundaries. Relationships need boundaries. You don't just go into any person, make an automatic friendship or relationship with just anybody. And even when you do, there's still boundaries. Um, the street needs boundaries. When you have a paper and you're doing something in school, it needs boundaries, margins, or your teacher will mark off for that. Everything needs boundaries. And so, and guidelines. <clears throat> when you're, I like lined paper. Those are guidelines for me. I'm a dysfunctional left-hander, and I will just be like, yeah, you know. It helps having a few lines, and it's still, even then, it's a struggle to make it look decent. Okay, so principles are guidelines. Um, everything needs boundaries and guidance, and so here's, here's some 10, 10 principles that should guide us. As we say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be involved in media and social media and different things. Well, here's some things that should guide us. You shouldn't just go without, just go free wheel, so to speak. Christ should have the preeminence, and here's our... These are principles that are from His Word that would guide us. Number one, we, talk, we mentioned that communicating Christ should be a, a principle that I should go by. If I'm going to be out there, if I'm going to embrace and step on a platform, so to speak, and communicate something, I should communicate Christ. So let's go to Acts 17. Again, we, I mentioned this last week, but let's look at it again. Acts 17, here's Paul gets an incredible platform and he has an incredible audience. He's in this place called Athens. There was a lot of uh, people there. He had a good, decent amount of uh, a number of people listening, it appears. He, he had people who were known to be philosophers and people who thought through supposedly the deep things of life. And, but they never really came to a conclusion. And it says in Acts 17, Paul had listened, listened to the Athenians. In fact, verse 21, it says... Um, he said that in verse 21, all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but to tell or to hear something new. So here's a platform of the Athenians. They just were, it's a lot of chit chat. Mm, that's interesting. And all this, what do you think about the, what is it? Tell me about the deep mysteries of life and whatever it is. They're just going back and forth and it's like, oh no, what do you think? And it's just a pooling of ideas constantly and in spending their time and to tell something and nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. So there's, they're just they're they're sharing information and that's all about their doing. They're not necessarily doing anything about it. But Paul has an opportunity to speak. Look what it says in verse 22. Then Paul stood in the middle, the midst of Mars Hill, and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For I passed by and beheld your devotions. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Now I'll pause right there. What Paul's saying is, I, you Athenians, they were listening to him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. And um, 
And he says, well, you're all so superstitious. In other words, they wanted to make sure they covered every base about every god or every deity, and they had different altars to everyone's. Make sure they cover all their bases so they're not offending anybody. They're very superstitious. Okay? And he says, you're too superstitious. And then I saw that he says, I saw an altar to the unknown god. And basically what Paul says, he's no, that's the real god. They don't know the unknown God, he's unknown to them. It's the God of heaven and earth whose son came to earth, Jesus Christ. So he says, he has this platform. He says, I noticed that you have this altar to the unknown God whom you, uh, let me get his words, whom you therefore ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. The verses to follow, he starts out with the idea of creation and narrows it down, how that God gave us life and breath and created all things. And even one of your poets knows that, and he quoted it to you in secular literature. But now I want you to know, he says, verse 31, he said, verse 30, In the times of this ignorance God winked at, that is, being ignorant of him. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world. Yes, God will judge the world in righteousness. How? By that man whom he hath ordained. Jesus Christ, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and he hath raised him from the dead. And then they began to, some of them began to mock about being raised from the dead, and others began, others took interest. And that's what the rest of the verses say. So what it is, is basically what I'm trying to describe to you, is Paul had a chance to express the gospel, and he did. He didn't say, I heard what you guys are talking about over there. That's Socrates said that? That is interesting. Hmm. What did Plato say? Pla Plato say, you know. He, he didn't get into their nonsense. He says, I want to tell you something. Here's what I want. When he had a chance to say something, he said the gospel. And so for us, I, I have to keep reminding myself, hey, wait a minute. I need to find ways to, to express the gospel. Maybe nobody's going to listen. I don't know. But if I, I need to at least have some gospel on my blog, my page, my whatever, have some gospel, some Bible verses, something that says, I'm a Christian, that says Jesus is the Savior. Some little video that's a good... I mean, if I'm going to um, spend my time in something, then I want to at least devote some time that shares the gospel. So, communicate Christ is the first principle in, social, in using social media. Secondly... Okay, this is very important. If we're going to be on any social media, communicate, not just Christ, but communicate in a Christ-like way. It's one thing to be a Christian and share the gospel and say the gospel and have a little link to something and have a gospel video. That's another thing to continue on with your dialogue in Christ-like spirit in a Christ-like language. A lot of Christians do harm by being... Uh, by being just cranky and proud and mean and arrogant in their language, yet still have the gospel out there. That it does, that, that you can cancel out, not that the gospel is any less true, but it sometimes cancels out in people's mind when they see some jerk that calls himself a Christian or a Baptist. They're like, this guy's a jerk. We have to speak the truth in love. We're commanded to. Ephesians 4 says that, speaking the truth in love. There's a verse there. Uh, let's go to 1 Timothy 6.3 about communicating in a Christ-like way. 1 Timothy in the New Testament there, to the right of Acts. 1 Timothy 3.
I'm sorry, 1 Timothy 6, 3. Chapter 6, verse 3. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 3, it says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strives of words whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, and so on. We'll, we'll stop there. Paul's, Paul's saying, if a man teaches, and if he doesn't teach with wholesome words, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the doctrine which is according to godliness, he's proud. He's just, a, it's like a, not the type of Christian we ought to be. Uh, I, it's, not that I, it's not that I communicate in a way where I'm just buttering everybody up and I never say anything negative. I have to say, I have to, you and I have to say the truth and we have to say the truth in such a way that people know that we care about them accepting the truth or not. I care if somebody says no to Jesus Christ, and it, and it grieves me. I care if somebody you know, goes a, a, uh, a, in an ungodly way in their life or an ungodly lifestyle because it hurts for their, it's hurtful to their life. I care if they go the wrong way. And I don't be able to just say, hey, that's wrong. What's wrong with you? You bleep, you, whatever. I, people say all kinds of bad stuff, Christian cuss words, whatever. That doesn't going to help anybody. We need to speak the truth in love. Communicate in a Christ-like way. So, um, all right, so let's, oh, let's look in Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Grace has means a there's a there's a there's a I'm personally interested in you quality to it. With grace, graciousness. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. All right, so principles for using social media. Communicate Christ. Communicate in a Christ-like way. Number three, we should practice moderation. Go to Philippians 4. Go to the left there of Colossians in chapter 4 of Philippians. We should practice moderation. Philippians 4, 5. It says, let your moderation... Be known unto all men, okay? So, Paul, if I'm going to let my moderation be known unto all men, first I need to have moderation. I need to moderate my time on everything. I need to moderate. Moderate means you, you regulate it, you keep it in balance. It's not overdone. Um, There's so many addictions out there. Gaming addictions. We, you know, we let some of our boys play games and they have like a diet of the days and of the hours. We moderate it, you know. One, one of my daughters came up to me and showed me on their phone, Dad, look, I got this thing. It's, it's basically the screen time where you can, you can 
dial in your, or make it your phone to where this is time, time out. You've been, it's time for you to rest your brain now, you know. It's like your phone's being a little nanny to you, you know, being a parent. So your parent still talks back to you, you know. You know, you can make your phone, it, it takes moderation to go, all right, I need, to, I need to look at my screen time, okay. All right, you know, I'm going to set it for, um, it's going to go off at this time or whatever. And I know you can override all these things, but you're just, you're, some, some people just need to do that or spouses do that for each other's phone. Well, we moderate. We can't be buried, have our face buried in our phone all day or buried in social media all day. Some people do. We need to have moderation. Moderate. Um, everything needs to be regulated. You know, we have, we have just a fan blowing. That's not the air conditioner on. It's just, it's just a little bit of air moving in here right now. And then when it gets hotter, we'll uh, turn on the AC. You know, we're, we're moderating. We're regulating it. I could turn on the AC. Maybe some of you are in favor of it. I don't know. Put the AC down to 60 right now. I don't know. But... You know, you moderate things, and, and even how it blows, you know. We don't want this thing to, uh, at least for most of us, again, there's always people that don't mind sitting in front of a gigantic fan all night. And, but, you know, you, re- you regulate the, the amount of air that comes through. Um, even for an air conditioning unit, it, they, it, you can't have them blow too hard because it affects the return and all this and the pressure in the building and everything. Um, my dad and I painted cars. We... Had we bait, we used an air air hoses to an air compressor, and we we're in a paint booth, and we, you know, what powered and what thrust the the uh, the paint out of the paint gun was the 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 pressure and volume of compressed air, the pneumatic pressure. So we're spraying the gun, and we regulated it at the handle, at our gun handle, and not just that. But even the hose that went to the side of the booth was at a <clears throat> had a filter and everything, and even it was regulated. We couldn't just take full pressure from a gigantic air compressor; just take full pressure right there. You regulate it here, and then we even regulate it right to the end as we're spraying a car. We don't we just go full blast, you know. We just we regulate it, we moderate it, uh, and same thing in life. There's there's, there's this a waves and tidal waves of information coming at you. There's a tidal wave of, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you respond to this? Did you respond to that? Did you see this tweet, this tweet, this post, this blah, blah, blah. I mean, the bottomless pit of, what's it called? The, 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 the thing with the, the Pinterest. It's a bottomless pit. I mean, it's cool. I mean, there's really neat stuff, and you get ideas, and finally know how to make those sugar cookies right and everything, and you finally got that good picture, and finally know what color to make on, on your kitchen cabinets because of all the other trendy moms, what they're doing now. Okay, cool. But you know what? There's never an end to it. You just go like that and like that. It's like the bottomless pit. I thought that was only in Revelation. No, it's in Pinterest, too, you know? Uh, so I'm saying it's like you're never going to re- have any. Am I wrong? There's no bottom to that, is there? Or is there? I, I'm like, I've seen my wife go, I'm like, man, that thing don't end, does it? I like it when something stops. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just saying, my point is, um, we have to moderate our food, the amount of food we eat. I knew a guy, this is, the, I knew a guy, he was a Christian man, he, he used to do banners for us. Um, years, actually, it was when my father-in-law was a pastor. And I saw him, and... And, um, and then I saw him like a year or two later, he lost, he was, he was really overweight. And a year or two later, I saw him, he lost a decent amount of weight. I said, what'd you do? He goes, all I did was I had a plate of food and I put something over half of it. And I said, all right, I'm not eating this half. I gave it to his wife or son. He's like, that's all I did. I go, I said, you didn't exercise. I didn't exercise. I can't really exercise. 
I just did, when I had a plate of food, I just did half, and that's what I did. And that kind of helped jumpstart him, you know. And, and so, I, you know, we have to find ways to regulate ourselves. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 25, I, I, I keep under my body, I bring it in subjection. Every man that strives must be temperate in all things. And I know it uh, can be a struggle, but we've got to moderate ourselves. All right, number four. This is important. If we're going to engage in your different media platforms, social media, then number four, we should, all, we should always prioritize above our social media activity, prioritize above that in-person relationships. It's nice being in-person like this tonight. It's good. It's, it, you get more of a realistic um, feel to another person's presence. You know, like I... They're in my presence. I can see them. I can see, kind of get the dimension of how they're smiling at me. Um, I can tell they took, it seems like they took a shower, or at least put on deodorant, you know. Uh, I, I get the tone of their voice. It's just a little better than just a little emoji. Um, and, uh, you know, you just get a better feel. You can read people. Remember how saying on Sunday night how our faces are so, isn't it amazing how much, so much can be said on our face, you know, the infl- just with eyes, so many things a human face can say without even uttering words. So many things our face can say. And it helps having f- reading faces one to another, being in person. Um, so we should, you know, it's okay to, and I know you take pictures and you can do little videos and your Marco Polo stuff, and that's, that's nice, but in person, there's something about that, that... Um, we need to be felt, you know, we need the, I think I read this in one of the books, I quoted it to you, we need the pressure of being in somebody else's presence feeling a little vulnerable. You need that, where you're like, and you have to get over your own nervousness with somebody. We need that. That's, that's how Christianity got started. And, you know, in, in real person, real time relationships. So, um, I, what's the text for so many? Paul prioritized, I want, you know, being in person with somebody in the Romans and right. beginning and the end of Romans. I, I want to see your face and, and I hope you can see mine. In Acts chapter 20, the Ephesians as well, that when he left them, they were sad they weren't going to see his face anymore. So practice in-person uh, relationship with family. Prioritize it with family, with friends, with foes. If you're solving conflicts with somebody, if you're solving a conflict, you have a, you have a problem with somebody, maybe you can start the conversation with a text or with a, some other communication, your, your messenger with your Facebook, but it's best to do it in person. Now, it's, if there's a danger aspect to it, bring somebody with you, but it's best to do in person. People, I, I've seen people act so uh, strong and you know, proud and all that in one way and then another way in person. And I'm like, which, you know, what are we dealing with? Who am I dealing with here? An in-person relationship helps, can help strip that and bring a, a little more of an uh, aspect of honesty. And so number five, we'll, and then we'll just say this, we'll spend a moment or two on this point and then we'll stop. What should guide me in my communications, and these apply with so many things, is to be honest and true. So let's go to Ephesians 4.15, we quoted it already, but I need, to, I need to be honest. 
whatever I'm communicating on in person or through a social media platform, I need to be honest and say things that are true and certainly don't say things that are unproven. Ephesians 4.15, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is ahead, even Christ. It's describing the, the edifying and the growing of Christians in a church. Part of our growth is speaking truth and speaking truth in love. That helps me grow as a Christian. That's, a, that's an evidence of my growth as a Christian. Now let's now be patient with me. Let's take a few moments and look at some Proverbs. I know Adam, Brother Adam has shared some of these uh, on Sunday morning, but let's look at them again. Proverbs 12. This is about the value of people who speak the truth. Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12, we'll look at verse 19. Proverbs 12, 19, it says, The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And then I love uh, Proverbs 12, 22. Look at verse 22. It says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. Aren't there certain foods you're like, I do not like that. I cannot stand whatever, broccoli. I can't stand asparagus or whatever. Name your thing. It's an abomination to you, you know. God says, lying lips, that's an abomination to me. But one thing God likes, maybe like you like your favorite ice cream, God says, I, I like they that deal, what does it say? Truly are His delight. And God, delight. if we communicate truly and we're dealing with people honestly, he is delighted in that. And then um, look at chapter 19 of Proverbs. We'll just look at this as our last one. 19 verse 9. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. A false witness shall not be unpunished. It's and he that speaketh lies shall perish. I don't know how it works. I can't explain all of it. But it's basically God saying, a person who engages in uh, false communication, eventually God's going to sting them. In some way, somehow, not be unpunished. And so let's, we'll have to stop there and we'll continue on. Again, whatever, you say, Pastor, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on any of that. Well, all these will still apply with everything in any other way you're trying to communicate in life. And this is what we need. So let's, let's pause right there. Let's ask God to bless this and help us tonight.